Sacks in the Basement is now a proud partner with the Big Heads Media Network. Find us and other great podcasts at BigHeadsMedia.com. You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SocksInTheBasement.com. All right, lay it on me, because I only did, I've only watched, let's see, I mean, I watched some ba- I watched some White Sox baseball over the weekend. Um, doesn't matter. You didn't see matter. what happened on Thursday. Though. No, I, I did not see what happened okay. on Thursday. I don't have Twitter. Okay. I, I don't. You don't have Twitter, you I, don't follow. Okay. So this is this was really interesting, and for those of you who don't have Twitter, you're gonna, this will be a new story for you as well. And for those of you that have Twitter, I know that some of them are waiting to see what we have to say about this, okay? Okay. And I don't want to dwell the whole show on it, but... On Wednesday, I'm going to start with our show. On Wednesday last week, we put out a show where we broke down the possibility that Rick Hahn is not looking at 2020 as a competitive year. We gave reasons for why we don't think Lewis Roberts up yet and why Wellington Castillo is still on team, yada, yada, yada. We complained about it. We didn't agree with it. But we felt like the moves and non-moves that he had made had telegraphed that they don't intend to spend the money that some White Sox fans wish they would spend this offseason. Uh, I just wanted to back that up by saying we are not the only ones who are now on that hill. Less than 48 hours later, the White Sox Talk podcast, which is the corporate one. Let's, I mean, let's not even mince words. Yeah, no, We're two guys sitting down in our basement that are White Sox fans. This is a show for fans by fans. There, there's a reason why you'll hear White Sox guest, and then all of a sudden you won't hear him for two months. Because I pissed somebody off, or you pissed somebody off. And then all of a sudden nobody I think wants, it was you, I think it was right. you And then nobody wants to return our phone calls for a couple of months, but then they can't ignore us because we get a lot of downloads for this show. And I invite anybody, if they want to, you can go to like any one of these sites like podbean.com, and, and it'll show like the amount of people that are downloading shows, okay? Yeah. T- take a look at take a look at who's downloading the Socks of the Basement podcast. Compare it to the White Sox Talk podcast. There's a reason why on Thursday night, Rick Hahn has asked several questions that seem to be just in line with the stuff that we're yelling about, okay? Hahn kind of gives his explanation for a bunch of things, which we're going to get into. Okay. But the thing is, is that right away, Without any provocation whatsoever, that podcast, specifically Chuck Garfine and Ryan whatever his name is, one of the one of the hangers on trying to make a name for himself, okay? Mm-hmm. Those guys tweet out the show basically saying for those who didn't have the guts to come and ask questions, calling out people who are critical of the team. Oh boy. Then, then, before that even happened. Wow. The show was released maybe an hour, hour and a half, two hours after they finished, right? Yeah. In that hour, they took time to make one video vignette. One. And if you listen to the show, you can actually tell it wasn't all one answer that was put in there. They grabbed when Han talked about Twitter, and then they grabbed it later on the show. They put quotes in words underneath what Han was saying, and they published that almost immediately about, you know, Twitter and social media and the bloggers and the podcasters. You see what I'm saying? And just like it was a complete criticism of the group of people that love the team so much they want to talk about it. And the great thing is, is how exposed as the corporate podcast that it is, White Sox Talk, became. 
because they go when they get Rick Hahn and then they use this one thing in an hour and a half long podcast. They couldn't wait to put out the thing that was critical of the people on social media and the people that do blog and the people that do podcasts. They couldn't wait to put out those quotes. And then the podcast is out like an hour later. So it was like they needed, they felt the need to put that out and, and to allow Rick Hahn to poo poo people that are critical of his moves and the organization's moves before they put out their show. That's really telling. That is so Chicago. Listen, that is so Chicago white Sox. Like, when, first of all, we've talked about how, you know, the attitude to the what the attitude of the White Sox to social media, Twitter, podcasting, blogging in general. in general. Kenny Williams has been walking around telling people, well, if you showed up more at the stadium, I'd spend more money. What, after the horrible moves that you've made all year long yeah, the, and your, the, lack, and your the, lack of intensity in the offseason? I mean, attitude, remember when you used to do that for years and years? I know, I know. It's just, they still don't get it. They, 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 you know, they, they don't get it. Listen, when we were leveraged and when St. Petersburg was leveraged to get a new stadium, I think Sox fans way back then, okay, should have understood in the eighties how little the fan base really matters. It's money. Money matters. Absolutely. And there's a lot of thin skin up there. There's no, a lot well, of thin skin. That's what I was getting there. at. There is a lot of thin skin because they cannot, they cannot, they cannot take they cannot take criticisms, even even in the midst of, even in the midst of clear and present, an obvious organizational failure. They still can't. They still can't own it. I'm going to tell a story here that I have held on to for a long time because I didn't feel the need to say it. But after listening to the crap that came out of that corporate podcast, okay, that team-based podcast. They shouldn't be put in the same category as people who care about the team that are fans first, that are talking to other fans because they're not. They're a corporate podcast. And there's a lot to the story, and I'm not going to get into all of it. But at SoxFest, we handed out, I want to say about four to 500 Socks in the Basement podcast hats. Remember this? Yes, I do. And I handed, I out, there, I yeah. handed out all of these hats. And... Daniel Polka shows up on the corporate podcast and he's wearing the hat. This was witnessed by multiple people who, who saw this, who tweeted it, whatever. He wore the hat. I also know that the next day I spoke to somebody within the organization who will remain nameless because I know how they treat people who tell stories. They don't want this stuff getting out. That there was anger in the team room that those hats were out there. There was there were complaints that 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 hat was all over the place and dwarfing the corporate podcast. There were players who had taken the hats who were having them taken back from them, told you can't have that hat. Yeah, I and then I, I saw, and then I saw our boy Chuck on the elevator, on the escalator. I'm sorry, on the escalator. He tried. He made three full circles where he walked around a circle, no cell phone in his hand just his head down, trying to avoid eye, eye contact with me wearing the hat after this whole incident. And I waited till he got on the escalator and he couldn't escape. And I jumped on the escalator with him and I was nothing but cordial. And I talked to him all the way down. But there was a clear discomfort with a guy who does a podcast in his basement. I mean, come on, Chuck, you're a member of the media. You're doing this and you're getting paid for it. 
what are you afraid of me for? But you knew what you had done. I honest to goodness in my heart of hearts believe the corporate podcast didn't like the fact that somebody else stole their thunder at Saxfest and that those hats were removed because of a complaint. And there's a reason nobody at the White Sox would respond to me for months afterwards. And they probably won't talk to me now for a while. Oh. The only problem is they can't ignore us because everybody's listening. The fact that people listen to the show makes it hard for them to ignore us. So they have to come back eventually. I'm going to get put in a penalty box for telling this. But it happened. Make no mistake about it. Those guys on that podcast are not your friends. And they're going to give whatever the team wants them to give. And they're going to frame questions. However the team wants the, the questions to be framed. Look, if they send me a list of things that they would like me to do in a simple interview with some alumni of the White Sox, if they ask me for what my questions are going to be in advance, and then I go off script and I ask a few things, but I have to submit questions. All that stuff was playing out in advance. Take it from somebody who has done interview. All of that stuff is playing out in advance. That was an hour and a half long promo to try to combat the negative voices about how things have been going. People who criticize the Machado debacle, okay? People who criticize why Lewis Roberts not up yet because it indicates that you don't have any intention of competing in 2020, but you want people to buy tickets. So you, don't, you, you need to combat that. That's what that was. That was an hour and a half long promo for the team. You want to listen to it? Fine, trust me. They probably got their biggest numbers that they've had all year long. Because even I listened to it, and I never listened to that show. I never no, listened, I don't to listen to that show either. There's no reason to listen to that show unless they have Rick Hahn on. I don't care what Kenny Williams says because I don't believe a thing that comes out of his mouth. I don't, I don't, I don't even want to listen to a Jerry Reinsdorf interview on that show. You think they're really going to ask him a question that you want answered no, on that show? No. That would be a waste of all of your time and energy listening to it. I wouldn't listen to any interview that's going on in that show because I don't think there's anything that's going to come out of it. You know what I'm saying? And there isn't going to be a thought that's going to be not have, not have already been said on some other podcast. They're a reactionary show that is the corporate podcast for this, this team. And they can do whatever they want to to try to act like they're not. Chuck Garfi can wear two shirts on stage and try to look like he's 25 years old and he's hip. He's not. Okay? <laughs> nice guy when I met him, and I understand this is his job. And that's what I want to get through to you. I know this is his job. And I know that if he said what I'm saying, he wouldn't have a job anymore. Correct. So Chuck has to do this. And I don't fault him for it in any way at all. I do not fault him for it. But make no mistake about it. There is a difference between this podcast and the other ones that are for fans, by fans, talking honestly about the White Sox and the corporate podcast. They had their one big moment in response to the natives getting restless after the trade deadline. Okay. Yes. There was a reason it was planned and now they're going to try to milk it as much as they can. He already put out something else trying to respond to the people that are angry with him. Don't fall for that stuff. He's just trying to get you to continue to listen to him because you know what? He's not getting a lot of people that are listening, at least by the things that I'm looking at. Okay. Right. No, I, 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 you know, and that's the thing. It, it, People get upset about it. People want to know what my thoughts were on it. My thoughts are this. Chuck Garfine, this is his job. He's got to do it. I understand. But the only thing I'm going to glean off of a show like that is I got to read between the lines. And that's what we're going to do here for the rest of the show. I'm going to read between the lines of what Rick Hahn said. Now, because I'm we, you could see some things that were confirmed that we said, and you can listen to his reasoning 
about certain moves and non-moves that have happened, and I find them very interesting. You don't have, just real quick before we get into this, I mean, just an observation. It is not, it is not a completely new concept for a sports team to use the media, to use social media to, to control their, you know, to control the narrative and to get their message out. The Blackhawks do it. The Bears do it. The Cubs do it, right? This is, this is not new. But when you look at the way the White Sox use it to berate the fan base as opposed to how the other three we're going to say, you know, the other three teams that I just mentioned, because I'm not even going to talk about the Bulls because this is another Reinsdorf owned team. It's the same problem. But when you look at these three successful teams, you know, the Blackhawks, the Bears, the Cubs, when you when you see the thin skin that you have in the White Sox organization and the immediate the immediate reaction to shoot down or discredit anybody that is critical of your of organization. Wait, if you yeah. have a different opinion and of all them. valid points. Something I mean, wrong with you. Yeah. You're just some crazy Twitter troll. You don't know anything about baseball. Remember how many times Chris Raji in the yes. post-game show for yes. years when people were criticizing Adam Dunn and the decisions that were being made while this team was in the tank and saying we need to rebuild, but the team was resistant to it for years, telling people, Chris- you don't know anything about baseball. And I know people because of my connections to people in the media. I know people that know him. They say he's a great guy, and he might be, but his job was to do that. And if he wouldn't have done that, he wouldn't have had that job. He wanted to be a broadcaster for the team. They teased him by letting him fill in from time to time as a radio broadcaster. But the moment they changed radio stations, they let him go. Right. Because they didn't even have loyalty to a guy that stood out there and just ruined his reputation with White Sox fans for years and laid down for them. And now he's not even around them. Right. You don't see that type of thing with the other teams. I mean, you know, I'm a huge Blackhawks fan. And I can tell you, they don't have somebody that they trot out there just to get their message out when the fan base is upset with them. Right. I mean, it might be for the Bears and for the Cubs. I mean, I don't follow their media people as closely. But but me as a, as a close Blackhawks fan, you don't see this type of, of reactionary behavior from them. And they're a success. Look, and they're a successful organization. They make a ton of money. They're the most profitable team in hockey. And oh, hey, by the way, we've won three Stanley Cups, and we're not done yet. And and you know, here here you have the White Sox getting defensive with their fan base, who are rightfully upset with them because I've pointed out the stats. You have one playoff game victory in the past ten years. Oh, longer than that. It's- well, it's 11. Well, uh, 13 years. Yeah, 13. If you okay. count. Well, yes, if you count from two, you're right. If you count from 2006 to now, it's 13 years. Yeah. It's been 10 years since we've had so much as a sniff as the playoffs. You, White Sox fans, you have a right to be upset and you should not let anybody like Chuck Garfine or in years past Chris, like Chris Ranji, tell you that you are a bad fan for being upset with the direction that the teams are taking and, and, with, and, with the, and with the decisions they're making. This is what a fan is. Fans care about their team. I could never work for the Sox. I, I, was, thinking, I was at the game on Sunday, and I was fortunate enough to get – you know, and I, since we're yelling about the team, I'm not going to give away any details. But I was fortunate enough to kind of get a little bit behind the scenes. I saw you got your name on the board. I know. Dominic. That was very, very nice, Chris. And I was thinking to myself, like, I mean, everybody I met there was really nice. It's a family atmosphere. You could see how what, what a wonderful place it is to work. Honest to goodness. 
I think it looks like a wonderful place to work. They all have these, these, they all get along with each other. They're all family. It's basically a lifetime job. They've been with each other for 20, 30, 40 years, all of them. They're hugging each other at the end of the game while they're saying goodbye after finishing their Sunday game. They all know about each other's kids. They're all friends with each other. What a wonderful place to work. And if I wasn't as passionate about the team as a fan, I would want to work there. But I could never work there because I also noticed with those people a fear of saying anything that was could even be construed as negative about the team. And and because they don't want to lose that. And you know what? They must go home sometimes and scream into a pillow because if they really believe in the team and they really love the team, they have to be really frustrated with these people that are walking around the hallways that they have to call Mr. Williams and Mr. Reinsdorf and that hold their fate in their hands of their career. And they have to smile at them and say, you guys are doing great. I believe in you. And then they go home and they scream into a pillow and go, what are we doing? And, and I, I could never do it. I, I'm going to tell you right now, I would love to have Jason Benetti's job. When I was a kid, I had the same dream Jason Benetti had. Jason Benetti is fulfilling his dreams, and I believe that he is a true blue White Sox fan. But it must drive Jason Bonetti nuts. Him and Steve Stone, they're so good because they find little ways to sound like they're not criticizing Ricky Renteria when they are. Yeah. When he says something like, I don't think Ricky would have called that bunt. That would have been ridiculous. They know damn well that Ricky called that bunt. Well, and but Stone, that's their way of telegraphing to people what they feel, but that's the most they can do because if they go any further... You know, this that's what's going to happen to them. And just a side note, Stone Stone is a master at it. I mean, this Stone's wonderful ability to do that goes all the way back to the Lou Pinella years with the Cubs. I mean, you remember that Lou Pinella rant where, like, Steve Stone said something about, like, you know, the, Lou Pinella made an in-game decision, and then Pinella just flat-out lost it to a point where he was doing – you guys remember this, where he did his best Max Headroom impersonation, where he's like, Steve Stone, all he does is talk on, 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 on television. <laughs> Stone is a master at that. Yeah. So so please, White Sox fans, relish that while Enjoy you it. have it. Before Enjoy they catch it. On. Before yeah, they catch exactly. on. Yeah, exactly. What's going on? Are you or someone you know looking to learn how to play a musical instrument this year? Then you should be checking out Westgate Music School, 6527 West 127th Street in Palos Heights. Private music lessons for all instruments, including guitar, piano, drums, voice, bass guitar, violin, banjo, ukulele, and more. Are you a vocalist? Are you ready to play a musical instrument and looking to join a group? Westgate Music School offers group classes for rock band, acapella vocal, and barbershop quartet. Students of all ages and ability levels will have the opportunity to perform three times a year in a student concert. Gift certificates for Westgate are also available. More information, call 708-586-7002 or go to westgatemusicschool.com. Let's uh, let's talk real quick about some of the things that were actually said on that podcast. Let's actually sure. talk some White let's, Sox Let's get into it because I did read a synopsis okay. of the Han thing, but yeah. I, I didn't. Listen, I didn't waste an hour of my life that, on it. The things that apply to what we were talking about last week. Yeah. First of all, Zach Collins. The Zach Collins mystery. The explanation that I'm gathering off of that, uh, off of what Rick Hahn said, is that Zach came up and wanted to do things his way at the plate, and they let him come up and fail. And then they adjusted things. There were things they wanted him to do, and they sent him back down to AAA. And they want him to show that he can do that. And he's going to stay down there in AAA because they're not going to bring him back up again. 
the whole idea was let him get up here, give him a taste, show him that even though he's tearing up AAA in his mind, there are things that he needs to fix, send him down. I'm going to say that I buy that. Yeah, I will. I was, I, as you were saying it, I, I believe that and also. I, and I'm going to buy it because of the fact you can see that Collins is hitting uh, a little better right now in AAA since he went back. And so I'm going to buy that. So I'm going to take that as the explanation as to why Castillo is still here. Now, the follow-up question should have been, what is Zebby Zavala not doing so well that you don't want to give him at-bats in the back half of the year because because there's, you're just wasting them on Castillo? I don't remember that question being asked, no, so I don't know the answer. No, okay, no, Because no. That, that question might have opened up a whole can of worms. Now, let's move on to some of the other things that we learned. Lewis Robert and Nick Madrigal are not up here because they're fatigued. This was Rick Hahn's explanation. Um, he huh? said, well, he <laughs> said, he said, and I'm going to paraphrase, of course, because I'm not going to play what's on the show, but I, I listened to it. He said that there was an argument that could be made, of course, that you would bring them up and you would give them at bat so they were ready for the 2020 season. But after playing an entire season like they have, to bring them up at this point in the year, you wouldn't get the best out of them because they would have fatigue. I don't... I don't buy it at all. I'm sorry. I don't buy that either. I don't buy I that either. I think that's a crappy excuse. Because I really think when he said that, I was like, does he think we're stupid? That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard Because of. here's, that here's. The, who buys that? If there, if you're a fan that buys that explanation, I want you to take your right hand. I want you to extend it at least about a foot in front of your face. And I want you to slap yourself as hard as you possibly can. Because here's like the logic to it is this. The, 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 the logic against that, I should say, is this. Um. <sighs> He's going to have to play a full season anyway. Look at this. So you're okay. So you're going to tell me that you're not bringing him up this year for the end of this year for meaningless at bats because you're worried that he's going to be fatigued, but you are going to, your intention is to start him as your 2020 opening day center fielder. No, they're not going to do that. They're going to manipulate service time. Oh, well, you know, that's what they're going to do. He ain't starting in 2020. They're going to manipulate service time. But even still, if you're trying to sell us that you're competing in 2020, the same argument can be made next year. If you're thinking you're competing in 2020, that means you're going meaningful games in September and and possibly into October. Again, this so, is why I we're mean, not competing in 2020. So, so we're not competing uh, in 2020. Right. The fatigue argument. No, no, no. no. I mean, look at Giolito. He's come right out and said it. He's like, I am not used to fatigue is a thing. I am not used to pitching this much. You know, my body's breaking down a little bit because I was so bad last year. I was out of some games in the second inning. And now he's pitching every, you know, every time he's out there, he's pitching a meaningful game. You want that type of fatigue to happen now so that you are ready in the year that you are supposedly trying to compete, which is supposedly 2020. But again, the actions tell you that Han believes otherwise right. about 2020. And, and Giolito, of course, great game on Sunday. I was there. It's he's a shame, a, he's it's a a couple, shame that there were four Major League Baseball players in the lineup on Sunday, know, and they couldn't score one run. I mean, at one point, they bring in a pitcher for the A's who had a 2.10 whip. The guy puts on over two people per inning, and they didn't get anything. I know. Okay, and I don't know what they're... And I, 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 I'm going to say this, and then we got to jump right back into what we're saying because we're going to run out of time. I don't know what Daryl Boston's job at first base is, but if your job is not to see on a ball hit to the side of the field that you're on in right field, and the guy is going to tag up at second and run to third, and you got a base runner who's not super fast, who's standing on first base, 
if your job is not to recognize the shortstop coming over to cut off the ball to throw your guy out at second, the trailing runner, why do we even have a first base coach, Daryl? Okay? That's my question. What, yeah, I remember might as that well play. Just that was go a get blunder. your whistle and blow it. Okay? I, I was so frustrated with that moment. Anyway, back to what we learned here. So because of fatigue and because they may not get their best at bats up in the majors because it's later in the season, we're going to manipulate service time, whatever. The question was asked about going out and getting a big pitcher. Oh, God, I can't wait for this. The explanations that ran through this thread, they all came in a different order, but I'm going to tell you the things that we learned. We learned that Michael Kopech's probably starting the year in the minors. Well, yeah. he he's He's doing really well. He's starting the year in the minors. You know, service time stops when a guy's in the minor leagues. Did you know that? I did not know that. Stops. You have to have so many years actually up playing games. So you have the perfect excuse now to play games. Now, I don't know if you will, but that was the first thought that crept into my mind. So they're saying now we're going to take it slow with them. You want to know why? Because we're not competing in 2020. Exactly. That was really obvious. No, yeah, right. Then, exactly. Then when asked about free agency, he goes, well, I think what everybody would really like, like really mockingly, he said it, like to the fans that want something, to the fans that are expecting us to spend the money that we said we were going to spend, like, don't worry, the money will be spent after the Man of a Channel thing. Mm-hmm. If you think it's getting spent this year, the way he said, like, well, fans would love to have that moment, you know, at Soxfest, that Soxfest moment where I come in and I say, oh, we got Garrett Cole. or we, You know, he didn't say a name, but he's like, I come in and I say, we got this big pitcher. Because he can't say names. Because he always falls back on that. It's against the rules. He says this, and then he goes, but there are other ways to build pitching staffs. You could build them through a trade. All right, fine. But do you know what the scariest thing was? The third way he described you can build pitching staffs. Like the Royals did. Where you wait until midway through the season when you pick up the guys that are going to help you through the postseason. Okay. Where we don't spend the money until we are absolutely sure we might have to spend the money before they show up at the gate with torches. He floated that. Wow. So listen, folks. Wow. <laughs> Dave, I'm telling you, man. I just, I, you, you know. Like, I, if you needed to get a gut punch, I'm sorry to have to provide it to you. But that's what I heard. I heard a man telling you 2020 is not a competitive year. Right. I heard. I, heard a man, I just heard a man. Tell, I just heard a man telling you, "Don't even expect don't Michael Kopech to start the year." I, I, right. Lewis Robert, and Nick Mandrill are definitely going to not be on the opening day roster. I heard a man telling you, "Forget you can forget about any meaningful money being spent on any pitchers in free agency," which right. is what we've been, which is what I've been screaming for the whole year ever since the freaking Irvin Santana signing. I like going away. I went to that White Sox game that was a full crowd, and you know what? Shame on them for having Lucas Giolito out there with barely anything to, to, anything happening. Look, if Lewis Robert and, uh, was up, maybe they win the game on Sunday. I kept thinking that. Wouldn't it be nice if we had just like one more bat in this lineup? Okay. Yeah, because that's all you needed. You needed, to get three, nice you needed to get three runs they across. Had one more bat in this lineup. The amount of times they had men all over the bases and they couldn't get it in because you only have to get through the four major league hitters that are currently in that lineup. And, and it, wouldn't that have been nice? You're, you lost a game. You lost a game on Sunday. You're losing games because of what you're doing. You don't care about the losing games, and I get the people say I don't care about losing games. But you better know when you're going to a ball game right now and you're going to plop down your hard-earned money to go to the game what their intent is. 
and it was it was telegraphed and then it was hidden with the Twitter people are bad, bloggers are bad, podcasters are bad, these people are bad. It was hidden with this ridiculous thing that was sent out an hour before the podcast to mask what was said and to get everybody into a tizzy and make us look irrational. But in the end, the whole thing showed us to be completely rational. I stand by every show that we have done up to this point and the things that we have said on it, especially the show that we had less than 48 hours before all of this started. Because it called it. We called this. Yeah. No, and yeah. I hate to say I'm right. No, you don't. You love to say you're right. Okay, fine. I love to say I'm right. I'm right. But I hate the fact that I am right here. I want to be wrong. I would love Rick Hahn to prove me wrong and then laugh at me. I would love it if he mocked me publicly. I would love it if he made a signing and during the signing said, and you had those idiots that were sitting down in their basement who didn't know anything. Make me look like a fool, Rick. Make me look stupid. I'll take that because I love this team so much. I love the White Sox so much, and I want the White Sox to succeed so much, and you're you're hurting me by not making moves. You won't hurt me by insulting me. Another show is wrapped up. Another show's in the books. Another show is wrapped up. And then by the looks, it's going to be a good one. And we'll see you next week. And the nude is Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and it's in the books. Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and by the looks, it's gonna be a good one. Nudie's Basement, broadcast, Basement, the Nudie's Basement, the Broad Basement. Slancha. Hey, Sox fans. After a show like that, I think I need a drink. You probably do, too. Well, listen to this. Socks in the Basement and the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network are partnering with the Ileana Brew Bus. And on Friday, September 20th, we are hitting all seven breweries on the Dixie Highway Brewery Trail on the south side of Chicago. From Beverly to Crete, seven hours, seven breweries, and you can get on the bus for free as our guest. Every seat going to be given away. So put your drinking shoes on and listen to next week's Socks in the Basement for details on how you can get on the bus with us. From the Ileana Brew Bus, the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network, and Socks in the Basement. 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 Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on socksinthebasement.com.